Hello and welcome to episode 1135 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, February 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. A bit frozen over here, but uh, we're thawing out in the greater Austin area. Pretty nasty ice storm. You know, hopefully my my folks around here don't uh, have power or don't have their power out for too much longer. I know there's some people still dealing with it. I think Jen said up to 200,000 people. We've been very lucky, but uh, all these trees that were downed by the ice, I was telling you right before we started, it's going to get sunny today. Like it's going up to the fifties or whatever. I could go around, take video and picture of today and convince you that a tornado happened based on the devastation of the trees. Like these are massive limbs that snapped off and it was crazy. Um, I think Wednesday was when a bunch of them were falling off every 20, 30 minutes, these, these crashing booms that were just like, what was that? And then we'd look out and we'd see another gigantic limb. And we had one in our driveway. We moved Jen's car. And if we had not, it would have fallen directly on top of her car. Jeez, man. It, it was nuts. It was nuts. Well, but I'm glad you're doing okay. I hope everybody in the, uh, the Austin area is, uh, in Texas is, uh, staying safe because, Man, that's uh, some uh, scary weather, especially it, considering last time. What exactly, happened. and we're just not cut out for it, right? Obviously, yeah. like I'm not just saying that in terms of like, oh, we like warm weather, but like our infrastructure is not mm-hmm. cut out for it. The roads are built to withstand the heat, not the ice, you know, things like that. So it's been rough, but uh, hopefully things start to get back to more normal today. Like I said, it's going to go up to the 50s. A lot of the ice will melt. And hopefully people's power can get restored because obviously if you're without it for more than you know a few hours that's that's a nightmare it really is so i know our friend dustin mccomas who's in the mm-hmm. fantasy industry dealing with some stuff thoughts out to him hopefully everything's okay we had some friends come stay with us because they had lost power but uh yeah it's it's not great i know that the weather's pretty nice over there though 50s in the morning on a february yeah i know i mean it's uh it's pretty pretty nice right now we're just uh having a little bit of rain uh, which kind of keeps the temperature up, but yeah, it's uh, 46 degrees right now. It's six o'clock in the morning. Like I'll, I'll take that, you Not know, terrible. as opposed to, you know, 31 or 32 in my office when I, you know, come there's, report. there's your Austin and Bay area weather report. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Have a good day. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Our ca- ca- casual weather episode. Casual weather update. Yeah. We're talking catchers today. It's about that time. Mm-hmm. Hit the backstop, and uh, it's kind of fitting because you're in a draft right now, and you took one of the premium catchers. So we'll do our normal rundown here, going, uh, you know, debating a few guys together, individual questions. Let's start at the very tip top, the SB studs. When you can get stolen bases from catcher, they become quite a premium. And for a while, you know, Real Muto held that man- mantle on his own, but he's been joined by Dalton Varsho, who had a huge season last year. Now this year shifts over to Toronto. And that's who you took in a draft that you're currently in, in the third round. So was Real Muto available at the time? Let me ask you that first. He wasn't available at the third. I almost took him in the second. But okay. um, what I'm trying to do with this one, one is kind of test my projections now that they're finished. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and But two, uh, I also wanted a different build than last time. Like I could have, I, I was drafted from the 10 spot. Otani was available in the first round. Could have done all that again, and you're yeah. like, well, no, let's let's see what it looks like, or else kind of what's Otherwise, the point? Yeah, I was going to have the exact same team as last time because, uh, you know, Real Muto was available in second. I was super tempted to take him. I was also super tempted to take Tatis, um, but ended up going a different direction, took an early closer to kind of see how that looked. Uh, and so uh, Varsho was, I mean, kind of surprisingly available kind of at the back end of that third round. And he was clearly the top player on my board at that point. Um, And I've been a little bit skeptical of uh, that he would end up on a lot of my teams this year because I thought he was going to be going a little bit higher. But I really, really like Varsho in, you know, in fantasy this year because he's going to play every day in the outfield. I don't think he's going to catch unless they, you know, someone goes down. Yeah. I, I'm seeing some chatter that people still think he's going to catch some. Where? It's yeah. Kirk and Jansen. I, I, I don't think he catches. I think this might be his last year of catcher eligibility, to be honest, because I'm not sure, barring an injury, 
then he gets 20 games behind the dish. Yeah. Uh, for I, think, I, think, I think if Jansen goes down again, then he becomes the backup catcher and does sure. what he was doing in Arizona. But either way, I mean, the, I mean, the difference between kind of the top few catchers and, uh, and kind of the rest of the pool is that there are some plate appearance hogs, uh, guys who can really rack up plate appearances at a position where we don't see that. And then the rest of the guys who are going to be playing halftime or maybe 60% of the time, something like that. And Varsho is one of these guys that not only does he play a ton, I mean, he had 592 plate appearances last year. I mean, I don't think it's unfair to, you know, project him for 570, 560, something like that this year. Uh, but he also steals bases. And so, like you mentioned, uh, you know, you're going to get power, you're going to get stolen bases. The average, I think, becomes the real question mark in terms of where he goes. And I think that's the real difference between him and Real Muto is I think you can much easily project Real Muto to have the better average. Not to mention, Real Muto was just the second player in, or second catcher in MLB history to have a 2020 season. Um, you so know, nice. Uh, and I think he could legitimately have a 25-25 season uh, with a new base running rule. So, and so um, you're not concerned that Toronto uh, stifles Varsha on the bases? Because I'm not, not in particular. No, I mean I I don't have him projected for like you know 20 plus stolen bases or anything. But I think you know 12, 13 uh, seems like it should be well within reach for him. Uh, you know, I think, I think they let him do his thing. I mean, yeah. they let their guys that can run run and so i mean he's he's my number one actually ahead of real muto i know you have it the really? other way yeah why i mean i got him for 24 homers and 15 steals what do you have from average wise 254 i think that might be a little bit high i mean he had pretty yeah that's actually a career high yeah it's probably a little high um i just feel like he's gonna hit better in toronto uh, but maybe not that much better i think that's fair but i'm i'm not sure that even if i bring him down it's going to close the gap though um mm. and i'm not even anti real muto i got him for 18 15 261 yeah i see my my real muto projection is a little bit better than that i got him for 19 16 274 average too low yeah man i, I should yeah. reverse their batting averages if anything yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna i'm gonna fix that right now while mm -hmm. we're talking so um Romuto is your clear number one. You considered mm -hmm. maybe taking him in the second, again, as you'd mentioned. So you already had him. That's why you didn't take him. But you like Varsho. You're not too worried about uh, the Steel's output in Toronto. Neither am I. And um, I, I'm down to take these guys where they're going, second, third round. I have no issues with that. A quick aside, you did say you considered Tatis in the second. Why? You're not you're, – Oh, you're not man, the ups, by the, by the, the I am bothered by it. That's why I didn't do it. But, I mean, pick 19 – that's a lot of upside at pick 19. Uh, you know, I definitely out on him as a first rounder, but I was surprised when he uh, came to me in the second um, and I ended up going a different direction. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was definitely tempted. I think that's the point in which I'm going to be very, very tempted if, is if I'm in a draft and he falls to me in that second round just because the upside is so great. But when the you're playing, is pretty substantial. Yeah, too. and that's the hard part. And I, especially in NFBC where you have no IL spots, mm -hmm. I think it's going, so difficult to yeah, pull that trigger. And you're going six reserves for mm -hmm. the first three weeks. And I know that might not be the end of the world. I understand that. You know, you can get through that at the beginning of the season with the uh, with the time missed for Tatis. But whew, I'm nervous. And you know, Jeff's article highlighting the nature of shoulder injuries. Great and article. It was an excellent article, very well researched, and he even acknowledged, like, hey, he might be an exception. He, he put that in there, say he's better than these guys, so it's not like a guarantee that Tatis doesn't come back, but the nature of injuries like this is very sad. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not good at all, so just, just be careful out there with, uh, with Tatis. Let's get back to catchers. Is Will Smith a bit overlooked now? I mean, He's not going any cheaper than he did last year. He's going about the same price because, hey, he put up a pretty much similar season to what he did in 21. Now, uh, 25 in homers in 21, 24 last year, uh, 258, 260 batting averages, the uh, 71, 68 runs, 76, 87 ribbies. So he did have a ribby boost. That was kind of his biggest difference. 
but you just kind of overlooked because of the flash of the two steel studs and then the excitement of the guys that we're going to get into here in a moment because there's a lot of young catchers on the rise. Is Will Smith just kind of, quote-unquote, boring now as a 28-year-old stud with the Dodgers? Yeah, I think so. I think he's one of those guys that um, he's fine. Like He's never going to end up on any of my teams just because the difference between him and guys going way later than him isn't big enough because I don't see another step for him. Like I don't see like, I don't see a 30 plus Homer season. Uh, the Dodgers have gotten worse offensively around him. Uh, so the could come back down. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I mean, what is really the difference between him and Wilson Contreras who goes, you know, almost 50 picks later, or even like Sean Murphy who goes, you know, 70 picks later, like, the difference isn't that great where I feel like I should be taking him as a top, you know, 75 player. Um, and so you're kind of out on Will Smith more so due to others than specifically yeah, it, his issues. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I think he is what he is. I think he's going to be fine. I do wonder how many extra plate appearances he gets now with JD Martinez in town and, and yep. occupying the DH. But ultimately, I think he's going to be fine. I just don't think the difference between him and other guys is as wide as the ADP suggests. So because of that reason, I can get other guys later. Um, and more often than not, I'm ending up with Real Muto or Varsho. Yep. And so studs anyway. I don't want to get a third or a second catcher, you know, in the first, you know, six or seven rounds. Uh, so I'm, I'm more than likely just not going to end up Will Smith this year. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And again, it's really nothing against him. I would still take him as as kind of like, oh, I missed, and maybe I still want one of these one of these big time guys, depending on if how my map looks for that Contreras area, like you're saying, because I, I like that I like Contreras, but maybe or uh, I should specify which Contreras. Of course, I like Wilson yeah. Contreras, I like Sean Murphy, but maybe I'm looking elsewhere there. Maybe I do still secure Will Smith's services because he is locked in on on a quality team, even though they have come down a bit. But yeah, I do think there are some comps there. That uh, that make him a little bit kind of like, eh, I can pass him here. I will update you, by the way. I now have Varsho and Real Muto pennies apart. There I got go. that. Ba- I got that batting average down to two forty five. Still, still Varsho ahead. Though. Still, still Varsho ahead. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Because same stolen base output and more homers for Varsho, and not enough of a batting average uh, gain by Real Muto to overcome that for me. What do you have? What do you have? Real Muto's average at? Uh, two seventy. Uh, so that's why I put it at. I just put it at 270. So maybe yeah. it still needs to go higher. I don't know. I'm looking at it. And, you know, he's been, he's a 275 career guy, 276 last year. He was down to 263 and 21. I don't give a shit about 20, obviously. Yeah. All right. They're going to be even closer because I'm putting them, I'm putting his average back up even more. Another update, live updates. Give him another hit here. So I'm at 274. Is that what you said you had? Yeah, 274. Yeah. Right, they're eight cents apart now. Eight cents. Basically, one, one A for Varsho and Real Muto. Um, okay, continuing on here with our sheet, we move to the round five battle. These guys are, are have firm round five ADPs. Obviously, they will go sometimes in the fourth or the sixth, or maybe even the third or the seventh. But it's Adley Rutschman, the upstart. Uh, superstar potential versus the stalwart Sal Perez, who's been doing it for a whole ass minute. Who do you like better between those two, Adley Rutschman and Sal Perez? And then we'll talk about both. Um, I mean, it's Sal Perez for me. I don't think it's particularly close either. Um, just because Perez is about as stable as you can ask for. I mean, he just all he does is you know play games. Rank. And, you know, and hit homers, uh, you know, I, I know that there is like some fears and, and the fears are warranted with around the industry of like, hey, is this finally like the the signs of him like kind of breaking down? But he's, you know, he still had a ton of plate appearances, still had home runs. I know it wasn't as great as 2021, but it never um, was going to be. You know, yeah, it exactly. Was it was always fly. going. He was always going to regress back yeah. pretty hard. Uh I love Rushman, and I think he's going to be a fantastic player. Uh, but you're paying for that right now, and I think that's True. wrong. Like, I don't think he – not only do I not think he's the fourth catcher off the board, I have him as my sixth catcher off the board. Um, 
he's my seven, and I consider myself a big Rutschman fan. So, and I already yeah. have him in some weeks. So, this was before my projections were done, and maybe I will uh, reconsider that. Because despite my facial reaction there, when you said that it wasn't particularly close, it's not particularly close for me either. I've got I've yeah. got Perez. I've actually got Perez as the number three. Um, I do too. Yeah, I've got him above Will Smith. Um, I, I don't I, consider myself a big fan of his, but when I do my numbers, this is this is why you do it, right? Because my 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 gut told me like, oh Perez, I'm kind of I'm kind of mediocre on him. I put the numbers in. I'm like, oh wait, thirty homers, two fifty six average. Boom, he's up here at number three for Sal Perez. Yeah, I mean, I and this, I I do want to like say like e in a two catcher league, one catcher league. I'm never going to end up with either of these guys like this. I'm either going to end up with Real Muto or Varsho or probably the next year we're going to talk about is where you're going to start seeing me take shots on catcher. But um, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I, I love Rushman long-term, but that park's not great. Um, I don't know that we're going to see him be quite the plate appearance hog that we're going to see other guys be, uh, and like, I just don't know that we're going to get the big power year from him. Like I, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely in there. It's going to happen one year, but I don't know. He like, he, it, you know, and the contact skills are amazing. Amazing. And I think that's one of the reasons he's up here is people look at the contact skills I'm, for a I'm catcher. In. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit close to 300 mm-hmm. as a catcher and had like, even just had like, like a prime Buster Posey season where like, Hey, maybe he only has 15 home runs. But he gets so many plate appearances uh, and hits 300 that he warrants this kind of draft spot. But I think you're paying for that upside as opposed to, uh, you know, having like, hey, there's some icing on this cake, uh, you know, because there is a conceivable, you know, a much more conceivable outcome that he hits like 270 with 15 home runs. And you're like, oh, I could have gotten that from Danny Jansen. You know, yeah, or, you're, you know, you're guys hoping, like that. You're hoping to spike the big season with Rutschman, but it's not guaranteed, like you're saying, and that that can present some some yeah. danger there because we are paying such a premium for Rutschman. Like I said, I'm in on it. I got I got some shares of him already. It's probably all I'm gonna get though, because like I said, once I've run the numbers here, I don't have them as high. Um, you know, it was a little sobering look there because like you said 270, I got him at 267, 18 homers, 80 runs. 64 ribbies and, and four chip-in steals for Rutschman. Hell of a season, but not quite where he needs to be. And catcher's deep. I like catcher. Even in two catcher leagues, I really like because there's a youth renaissance there, that uh, in, in, which he's part of, of course. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of have me pushing away from Adley. I'll take the shares I've got in my DCs and move on. Uh, catcher's on the rise. Speaking of, we got two big ones here, including Perez's teammate, MJ Melendez, who can play some outfield to make sure that he's in the lineup every day. And then Alejandro Kirk, who, um, with Varsho coming in, doesn't really change anything. But the guy who was traded there, Gabriel Moreno, who we'll get to in a moment, helps kind of solidify what's going on there with Kirk as the starter, Dan Jan as the backup. Kirk might get some DH time while, while Dan Jan is playing behind the dish. But Kirk is kind of ready to go. Is he ready to have the huge breakout? He had a huge run last year, but uh, it kind of it kind of supported his season, but I think if you look under the hood there on on Kirk, maybe it wasn't as good of a season as some people thought. But who do you like better between Melendez and Alejandro Kirk? I have uh, them literally right next to each other and fifteen cents apart. Okay, um, damn. and I've got Kirk a little bit of head. I mean, I think it really comes down to is what how you want to build your team. Do you want the batting average from Kirk or the power potential from Melendez? Mm -hmm. Uh, because there are questions about the other, you know, uh, stat on for the other guy, right? I mean, we have questions about how much power uh, Alejandro Kirk actually really has. I also worry about his role with Brandon Belt there because he's now not going to be guaranteed DH spot when Jansen is in the lineup as catcher. So that's a good point there. Uh, that you know, and that's one of the reasons holding back my Danny Jansen projection that we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, that being said, I think he's got a really, really safe floor. I think he's going to hit for a good batting average. I think they're going to find 500, you know, plus plate appearances for him. Uh, Melendez has the okay, opposite Melendez, problem. Yeah, he's going to get a ton of plate appearances. He's you know because he can play in the outfield. I mean, the Royals have 
like jettisoned like a bunch of outfielders away. And so I think he's pretty much guaranteed 500 plus plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the power potential is, uh, is really, really nice. Like it would not surprise me to see him hit 30 home runs at some point. Uh, the problem is with all those plate appearances, that batting average hurts. Uh, and so yeah, that's gotta, the big issue with Melendez. Yeah. So you kind of got to pick and choose your battles there. Um, and that's why these guys are, uh, pretty much right below, you know, kind of in the lower tier than the guys we've already talked about. Though there is one guy missing from a, the tier above that we haven't talked about yet. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm with you on Melendez and Kirk. I don't have a whole lot to add there. I like either. I'm I'm not averse to either of them, um, but I usually have somebody already, or there's other guys I'm targeting. Let's continue forward in the catching pool and talk about. The brothers Contreras, Wilson and William in new homes and in the same division now. Wilson going to St. Louis via free agency. William going to Milwaukee via trade. Um, who do you like better at their price? I'm sure my guess is you have Wilson projected. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wrong there. Okay, so you, you definitely do. But, of course, they have a different price. And so um, you could you could like one. But actually, no, they're right. Wow, they are. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, Wilson. I, it's not comparative, like, really, really close. I like I put them together. Contreras. Like just because, of course, they're brothers. I didn't realize they were literally eight, nine. They are yeah. twenty picks apart, but that's only around. It's Wilson for me too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on Wilson in St. Louis? And then we'll get to uh, William over in Milwaukee. I think he's just so steady of a player. Like I know. It, I mean, I can pretty much like pencil in twenty, you know, plus home runs, a decent batting average. It's a great lineup. Arguably the best lineup in the National League. Yeah, how much um, devil magic did you put into your projection? I didn't put any. I, I wanted oh, to leave it some, out. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me like if he had just like his best season no, as, like, a, I'm, as I'm a hitter. Only partly joking, right? Yeah. Like because it just you go to St. Louis and you just get like a little bit better. Yeah. So I mean, oh uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Wilson Contreras. He's definitely a huge target for me. Um, especially if I decide, like, hey, in this draft, I'm not going to take an early catcher. Um, I'm just going to wait on Wilson Contreras and then pair him with someone else. Or he could be a really high-end C2. Like, in this draft I'm currently in, I could definitely see me, like, pulling the trigger on Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, here uh, at some point. Um, Oh, actually, never mind. He already went. He just Uh, went. So yeah, that's a bummer. Well, I guess nah, you're not gonna get him, buddy. I'm actually really surprised because Alejandro Kirk and Melendez are still both on the board. Um, uh, but that's okay. I mean, that's how my projections bear it out too. I got Wilson Contreras as the fifth catcher. Um Ooh, you're big on I'm really so, what well, yeah. you got his batting average. Do you think he could do more? You know, it's been kind of like a two forties guy lately. I have him two fifty seven. Okay, so you got yeah. him getting back to his career numbers, uh going over to St. Louis. I've got him just a bit shy, kind of in between the two there. I've got him with a uh, 249 average. So up a little bit from where he's been, but just a little bit below his career mark for Wilson Contreras. But I like him a lot. He ends up being my, let's see here. He's my seventh, but I have a guy that we haven't talked about yet. He's also the only catcher in the top 10 of my projections that doesn't have 500 plate appearances. So, like, he's doing all this work without being the plate appearance hog that other guys have because the Cardinals don't have the room to use him at DH as much as they probably would like to. Um, and, and so, and I don't might, think he's going to go yachty on him and play like no. every single because his, his no. defense is modest, right? It's yeah. like en- it's enough to hold the position. I don't think, from what I know, I don't think he's like super dreadful, can't have him back there. But it's not Yachty put him down for. It's gotten better from where it was early on in his career. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's, it's that's still, still not Wilson Contreras too. Yeah. All right, let's talk William then joining his brother in the NL Central as I mentioned via that uh, that Sean Murphy deal. And Milwaukee just came in and got a gift. Said, wait, wait, you sure this is all we have to do? And we get William Contreras. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, we're in. Uh, William Contreras looks a lot like his brother offensively. Two seventy eight twenty. 45 with uh, 51 runs last year in 97 games popped off through in two chip in steals. There's a lot to like. What's his outlook in Milwaukee for you? William Contreras. I mean, I think he's fine. I think he's a, you know, diet version of his brother. 
Uh, like, you know, I've got him projected for 19 home runs, a couple, you know, just chip in stolen bases, a 254 batting average. Um, I do have, again, some concerns that, like, he's not going to get to DH as much. I don't think they're necessarily going to want him to play the outfield because he's not necessarily very good out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, he gets held back by I don't have him uh, with 500 plate appearances. I also don't have him as a top 10 catcher. So I have him 11th uh, off the board. Uh, and pretty 12, much, so yeah, I'm not, every, I'm not uh, against you on that. And it is pretty much comes down to the plate appearances. If I if I felt really comfortable, he was getting 500 plate appearances. He would probably be higher than like Tyler Stevenson, um, and would sneak into the uh, the top ten. But I'm not quite there yet. Stevenson. Oh, I I knew that's what you were saying. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was Stevenson. Um, you're. You, we'll get there. I love Stevenson, but you're you're insane again. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I was right last year. And I got unlucky, and I'm going to be right again this year about my boy. All, All right. right, let's continue on. Uh, another new home guy, Sean Murphy in, in Atlanta. But is there a 600 plate appearances for him? Because you've been talking about this with different guys about do they have enough to get, or you know, they're going to get DH plate appearances for this guy, that guy, and the other. One of the big things that Sean Murphy had last year, despite being on that dreadful team, was 612 plate appearances in Oakland, 18 homers, 66 ribbies, 67 runs. 250 average hell of a season but that was a big jump from where he was the year before with 448 plate appearances atlanta a lot more stocked up than uh, oakland obviously so does he have 30 games at dh there to really boost the plate appearances that's kind of my concern with murphy i don't really see that um and, and thus i had to bring the plate appearances down what say you of sean murphy in atlanta i mean i didn't uh project him for 600 plate appearances but I don't think they're as stocked up as other teams, especially not the DH spot. Like they've got Marcelo Zuna there, who um, has. What about been... the other catcher though? Like I, I know we're gonna uh, we'll talk about him later. So or we could just we could just talk about him now. Didn't I put him on here? Yeah. You, Does Arno play enough to be fantasy viable? Let's just bring that up here and talk about both of them together. Probably not. Like I, I don't think Darno is a guy that. Um, I mean, I guess in fifteen team two catcher leagues, anybody with a pulse. Um, kind of moves into viability. He was the top ten catcher last year. I know. Uh, Yeah, he was top ten, right? He's not gonna. He's not gonna get the amount of plate appearances. No, I know that. I'm just saying it's wild that like he was eight, and he could be mediocre. Like he could be nothing this year, fantasy wise, for like one catcher leagues because I don't know if he's playing enough. Do they dare put their backup at DH? I know that's something that teams are leery of doing. But he was a pretty damn good hitter, and like you said, Marcelo Zuna's not, you know, uh, going crazy for anybody. Do you think that maybe that could be an avenue for TDA then? I mean, potentially. I mean, like like I said, Marcelo Zuna, like he hit two hundred versus lefties. Cool. And you're, pro- you're probably like, oh, that's bad. Well, then he only hit two thirty six against righties. So Ugh. like he's just bad. Um, and now he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't offer any defensive value. I mean, I don't know that he ever offered any defensive value, yeah. but, um, and he, you know, he's got off the field issues that cloud the, everybody's opinion of him, um, because of his domestic violence situation. Yeah. So, uh, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they even just cut Marcelo Zuna at some point, uh, you know, I mean, He's only got he's got two years left on his deal, uh, so maybe they don't want to eat all of that. But like he is no, re- there's no reason he should be playing over Sean Murphy as the DH. Uh, that being said, I just couldn't get the 600 plate appearances for no for Murphy. They just they might not want to run him into the ground either. Right? Yeah, because yeah, I know DH gives you some time off, but like they might just want to literally get him some time off off your feet all day. You don't need to hit. Just got a lot of money a invested. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they extended him too. So, um, where where does Murphy check out on your rankings? I have him at nine, um, okay. kind of right behind Kirk and Melendez. Uh, you know, and that's twenty. You know, one home runs. Uh, uh, you know, good counting cat cat uh, cats around that. What are you guys batting five, average at? Uh, two fifty two. Okay, I gave him his basically his career mark of 237. Maybe I should give him something better getting out of Oakland. He did hit 250 last year because I have him at 11, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like I like John Murphy better than that, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it, and I think it's that batting average that I, I could I could probably boost. Everything should play up in, uh, in Atlanta 
over Oakland opposed or you know outside of the plate appearances. He's gonna yeah. lose plate appearances. He's not gonna lead major leagues uh, for catchers and plate appearances this year. But but the volume he, and everything else should be nicer. Yeah, and it should it you know the ever the lineup around him, the park, everything makes up for that. Yeah, no, I, I I can get behind all that. Um, I I boosted it. I got him, I got him at uh, two fifty two. Like I said, I was doing this. I kind of had his career average. I didn't really give him an Atlanta boost, and so there you go, Sean Murphy. I got you a little bit better now. Let's continue forward. Does T Step Tyler Stevenson pick up where twenty two left off and stay healthy? There's an obvious answer. It's obviously a resounding yes. Let's move on. He's the best catcher in the universe. Okay, continuing. I, I mean, I love Tyler Stevenson. I you, and you I, don't love him. I love him. You like yeah. Him. You you lust for Tyler Stevenson. I sure um, do. Don't tell Jen. Uh, clearly, um, you know. Here's the thing. Like, it, it's, this is going to be weird for me because I'm, I've now have to like play devil's advocate against Tyler Stevenson um, just for this episode. Even though no, on my, don't. I was just like talking about uh, him in like a really really good light on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast on Monday with uh, Dave and uh, Scott uh, Jenstad was on uh, because they were they were both like, no, no. And I was like, listen, if they're going to give him four, or, you know, 140 to 150 games, uh, which is the news report that came out on Monday. So um, can put him for all that. Yeah. Then uh, like he's going to volume his way to being really good. And I still see a potential 30 homer bat inside of that profile i know we haven't seen it but he's lost a lot of time due to injury um in cincinnati i think i think one injuries are obviously a huge risk for him um and so and i mean it's already a huge risk for catchers in general and especially because he's had concussion issues that really scares me uh on a completely kind of unrelated note I wonder how much the Reds saying that they want him to play 140 to 150 games uh, reflects on Joey Votto's health. We know that Joey Votto's not expected to be ready to start the season. Yeah. Um, and now they're saying they want Tyler Stevenson to play 140, 150 games. We know that's not behind the plate. Not obviously, all of them, yeah. He, yeah. Obviously, he can DH some, but I do worry about like. Joey Votto is like off my board in a lot, you know, in pretty much every draft at this point, just because I just don't know when he's going to um, return and what he's going to look like when he does. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like Stevenson. I think you're a bit high. Uh, you don't even know where I have him. Just, I, I mean, I do know. I, I, I have a pretty good idea that you've got him as your number six or seven catcher. Um Fifth. Your fifth catcher, yeah, that that's insane. Like that, that's me. Okay, but, but where, where, where am I wrong? On eighteen homers, sixty-seven okay. runs, seventy-two okay. ribbies, and a two ninety-five average. I think the two ninety-five average. I know he hit three nineteen. That's his career. He's two ninety-six. Uh, he's, he's in an amazing park. Why are all these projections at two sixties? I don't really get the, that low. I mean, that's where his ex batting average is deserved batting average has been. So that's why um, I have him at 263. So maybe I'm a little bit low. Um, I feel like his projection maybe, should at least be in the upper 270s for Tyler Stevenson. I mean, he really leans on the park. He has 340 at mm -hmm. home, 56 on the road. You know how I feel about Cincinnati's park. I've been talking about it all offseason. It's created most of my my favorite picks. Uh, is due to that park there. I only gave him 472 plate appearances, and he still wound up more. because yeah. of that batting average. And so, like, I mean, you can say I'm off on the average. It is his career what? mark. He's not going to fall down much, even if I even if I give him, like, a 288 average. Like, I'm not going to go that low on the average. This guy continues to hit well. I don't know. I love Tyler Stevenson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be having him. What do you have him for his runs and RBIs? 6772. Okay, so I think that is one of the spots where we have a big difference. That Cincinnati team is not very good. Um, I know, and I've got him. For, so I've got him for fifty-eight and sixty-three. Those are, I mean, um, those are just his career marks, though. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Obviously, if my boys Fraley and, and Myers and your boy Friedel Friedel are are popping off, then he's going to be getting those those marks. I mean, Kyle Farmer drove in seventy-eight last year. Uh, Brandon Drury scored 62 runs with them in 92 games. 
I stand by it. He's my guy. I, I'm. I'm. What what pace is that for uh, for Brandon Jury? Well, a lot over a hundred. Yeah, yeah, over a hundred. That's right. And what was that in relation to? Uh, you you got mad at me for what my projection was for on, which player though? I think runs on India maybe or maybe. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I think it was I think it was yeah. that because he's yeah. the only one I could think that you would have that high because none of our outfield guys that we like were projecting no. to have that many runs. T.J. Friedel season baby. I, I know you're excited about Jake Fraley. There's room for both. We don't even have to be against each other. Friedel and Fraley. I, I'm gonna build a team like I know everybody's like pushing up outfielders. But like I'm gonna build a team, and it'll probably have to be in an auction where like I have a full outfield of just like scrubs that I love, like single digit guys. Yeah, it's gonna be Brandon Marsh and TJ Friedel and Jared Kelnick, and I, I don't know who the <laughs> well, other. Well, they'll give are. you money back to take yeah. Kelnick. You, you get it, like a four. You get minus four. You get a four dollar rebate. Maybe in like you on your hours, I'll, I'll build a five dollar outfield. Um, or something like that, like and, and I like just it. like load up the rest of the offense. It'll be fun to see you finish last with that. That'll be cool. Thanks. All right. So Tyler Stevenson is absolute <laughs> god. I got him fifth. I'm holding firm because these I don't even think these projections are crazy. I'm gonna go higher on these projections if y'all keep pushing me. <laughs> are you buying the Cal rally hype? Or is he switch hitting Mike Zanino as I've coined? I I, I like him. I want him to be good, but I look at that and I'm just like. He's, he's got that 198 batting yeah. average potential. So uh, he hit 211 last year, 27 homers, big dumper, popped off. What do you think about Cal Raleigh? I mean, I have him taking a pretty decent-sized step up in batting average after last year uh, from the 211 that you mentioned to 216. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, relax. So, uh, relax, man. I also have the power coming back down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not because uh, – I think he's bad or anything, but no, it was just a like, crazy I just, pace. 27 is like ridiculous. So I've got him for, um, let's see. I got him for 22 home runs, uh, and 460 play appearances. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he is who he is. I think he's a fine power source. That's going to hurt you in batting average. Yeah. Um, and so it's really difficult for me to want to end up with him where, because, I kind of prefer a guy with a high batting average and lower homers. Cause like the difference between a guy who hits 15 homers and a guy who hits 22 homers is not Seven. the difference. Did that in my head. Yeah. It's not the same difference between a guy who hits 265 and a guy who hits 210. Yeah. Um, and and, and so, that, that average can hurt, you know, yeah. at catcher, it's not going to hurt you as much because of the volume. I grant that. But again, I think he's got sub 200 average potential. I, I want to root for him. I, I like Cal Raleigh, but he strikes out a ton. I, I don't know if there's going to be improvements there uh, necessarily. I think there is some stuff on him with regards to the shift and, and how, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. he didn't hit well against the shift. Um, you know, he's a switch hitter. So I guess I would imagine when he was batting lefty, he got shifted upon and maybe with the changes, he can get a few extra points of batting average. He did have right. a 226 Babbitt, but. He's kind of that all or nothing guy. And I, I keep going back to Zanino on this, right down to the fact that he's a good catcher, too. Like, that's not us, that's not a stone cold diss on him. Mike Zanino's had some damn good seasons, including one that burned me. Fuck you, Dusty. I know you're listening. Um, but you know, look at some of the batting averages that we've seen out of Mike Zanino as well. He's a career 200 guy. He's been under 200 in 19, the partial season of 20, and of course last year for his 36 games, as well as 14, 15. Um, he hit 207 and 20, and he even played in Seattle, right? So the comps are they're just pretty easy there. Um, outside of the switch hitting, so he's switch hitting Mike Zanino for me. I like Cal Raleigh. I'm rooting for him, but he's not going to be on my teams. Yeah, um, not going to be on mine either. Would you rather have this guy than you mentioned? You'd rather have a guy who can hit for some average, but maybe doesn't have as much power. Is Kiebert or Kybert Ruiz your guy? And is he ready to break out? Because it was kind of a ho-hum season last year. We didn't really get the batting average. For a catcher, 251 isn't too bad, but I know that there's expectations that he can be a 270-plus kind of guy. Puts the ball in play a ton. Only had seven homers, but did steal six bases. So he was okay. I want to say he was like 20th at catcher last year. I was looking at it this morning. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, yeah, 20th. Nailed it. Is that is that enough? Are, are you thinking there's more for Kiebert, Kybert? Um, and can somebody tell me how to pronounce this goddamn name because I say it I, wrong. I believe it's Kybert. Um, Kybert. Okay. Kybert um, Ruiz. 
Uh, is there a breakout coming for him at age 24? He's, st- he's still young, by the way. So if you if you missed on the hype, that, or if you thought he was overhyped last year and he didn't pan out, still plenty of time. But what do you think about Kyber? I mean, I think there is like progression coming. I don't think there's a breakout coming necessarily. Um, I think, and this is a prime example of people who use Statcast data incorrectly, um, mm-hmm. or use it to wish cast because there's some people who are like, "Oh, look how hard he hits the ball," and you know, and the contact, like this, well, it's, it's all these style, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's so much easier to hit the ball hard when it, the ball is on the ground, right? Like, um, and so I think he's one of those guys. Like, if he does raise the launch angle, I don't think he's keeping the power that goes along with that. And so I don't even know if he wants to raise the launch angle that much. Um, I do have him from, you know, 11 home runs, which is, you know, fine. Our projections um, are all double digits too, though. Um, yeah. I mean, as high as 15 from steamer in 459 plate appearances, which is only 20, 26 more than last year. Um, Both ATC, the bat and the bat, 13, X, yeah. bat and bat X got a 12 and 11 respectively in 467 point appearances so and you said you have 11 too so i'm not arguing against you but it's like there is some love for his potential power there for kiebert ruiz or wait kybert well, I, I literally forgot what you said i think now now you have now me. i've confused you yeah. there you go my bad but he had a kybert, kybert ruiz kybert ruiz he had a six percent homer to fly ball rate tim Kanak will get me on on the presentation. Yeah. he always helps me out six percent homer to fly ball um, maybe he doesn't even need to necessarily raise the launch angle, but just some of more of his fly balls need to go over the fence. And then that's how he can get his power stroke going. Cause he did have a 37% fly ball rate. That's not egregious. That's not totally mm-hmm. Yandy Diaz style. So maybe there is some potential at like chasing down 14, 15 homers, which would be three, four more than you have projected. That could be pretty good for, for I Ruiz. Mean- he also had a, like an 11% infield fly ball rate. So like some of those, a lot of those fly balls. He got were right infield. on there. Yeah. Yeah. We're infield fly balls. Good so, call. Um, yeah. I mean, I just don't see the big breakout. Now what I do see is a guy with an extremely safe floor. I mean, he is elite plate seals, not just for a catcher, but just in general. Full stop. Yeah. Um, you know, and so when you put that at catcher, you start going, okay, like at worst, I'm going to get a good batting average. And I honestly think my 264 that I projected is super conservative. Like I could easily see him hitting like 280. It would not shock me at all. I agree. Um, he's the diet version of Adelaide Rushman, which I guess is my new theme this year. <laughs> of diet versions of people. Yeah, diet I mean, versions. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of fun to do that though, because it's, you know, like why pay for this when you can get this type of thing Yeah, and you're hoping to get that person to play their best. And then all of a sudden they become the sugar the full sugar version of that yep. player um and you know that could happen obviously adley has a much better opportunity by the way it, that that comp works really well because they're also both switch hitters yeah so that's a you know you're really going mm-hmm. with that comp there on kubert kybert kubert uh, i'm calling him kubert that little character from the video game he's he's kubert now for me that I'm, way I'm, I'm gonna i'm just i i, I want to call him uh kybert um because it's close to dilbert uh, which was one of my favorite cartoons or, uh, or uh, comic strips growing up. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. And then the, mm-hmm. the guy's kind of loony, unfortunately. Um, Moreno, Gabriel Moreno mentioned him when we talked about the Varsho trade. He was in that trade going to Arizona. So they did get another guy who can catch in Varsho, but it, it did clear up some of their uh, some of their log jam there with Jansen and Kirk now taking the reins. We, we mentioned that we don't think Varsho is going to catch. Moreno goes to Arizona. Is he ready to be the guy? Is he ready to rock and go crazy in Arizona? Gabriel Moreno. No, I think he is kind of like um, the diet version of Kybert Ruiz. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like the, a that's like Coke Zero version now. Yeah, the Coke Going Zero the, version the, of Russell. Yeah. I really like the plate skills and potential, but um, I really I really don't think he's going to get to like 400 plate appearances uh, in Arizona, they, they seem to just really like Carson Kelly. Um, He's and, a pretty good catcher, right? Yeah, and so I think they're gonna, especially first year, you know, you know, first full year at the majors, um, you know, first year in Arizona. I think they're gonna be careful with him. I think Arizona is really looking towards 2024 as like they're at the beginning of their window to open up. Uh, and so, like, I do think they're going to play it a little more conservative with him. I don't think he's going to get to 400 plate appearances. I don't think he's got enough power um, 
without plate appearances to really matter in yep. uh, in fantasy, especially without deep catcher is this year. Uh, so yeah, he is much lower on my uh, my ranks. Than, where, where, where does he rank for you? Because I agree. With, let I, me scroll down. Oh my um, god, uh, he, I have him at thirty third catcher. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Okay, um, G- give me the give me the plate appearances then. Three fifteen. I have him for six home runs and a two seventy three okay. batting average. Okay, so what's the runs and ribbies then? Thirty three and thirty three. Okay, that's what does it. Because I was like, we have virtually all the same on those first three categories. I got forty two and fifty one. That might be too high, which I didn't even think was that crazy. Because um, he's my sixteen, and I'm not even like some Moreno stan. That's just. I mean, I, like, I, I think, think it's the batting he's... average that gets him. You know, unfortunately, he's right-handed, and so you have a really hard time getting him like above sixth or seventh uh, in the batting order when he is in the lineup. And like I said, I don't think he's even going to be the main catcher. You know what? These might be Toronto influenced. Yeah, I might have done it when he was still on Toronto because he's not going to bat bat above Kendall Marte, yeah, or Christian Walker. And so the question becomes, well, can he bat six, you know, above Lord as Gurriel Jr.? I mean, he could, but Maybe. I don't think he will. Um, your your, your double 30s are in line with the projections, and they have the similar okay. plate appearances. And even though I have a few more plate appearances than you at 343, it does not merit 42 and 51. So I do no. need to make an adjustment there. I can do it. I can do it right on the fly here, and we'll see. I've got him, yeah. I, I, did I say 33, I think I said? Yeah, you said um, Moreno 33, Gabriel Moreno. One, one spot behind Jonah Heim. What is your problem? <laughs> what is your problem? Don't look at me like that if you're watching the video. He look, he know, he knew. That's what we call a transition. In we call like, I, I, shit, like, I have a perfect transition to our next topic. Who's your AOS favorite between Logan O'Hoppy and... And I don't know if it's O'Hop or O'Hoppy, but I've heard of people say it's O'Hop, O'Hop, I believe. I think it is too, but I've heard O'Hoppy, so I don't know. Um, and Jonah Heim, who you've slandered. Oh, pronunciation, See, O'Hoppy. Oh, O'Hoppy. Okay, there we go. To uh, B-Ref. Hey, shouts to the folks in Arizona who put me on that. I, I wasn't sure if it was correct. I was still a little, still a little distrusting of them. I don't want to name names, but the, hey, they knew better. They're prospect folks. They know better. So O'Hoppy or uh, Jonah Heim. I don't, I don't want either. Like, I mean, um, Ohapi, I really like, uh, and I have but, taken him in some early DCs, but I don't think he's making the team at this point. Thank you. Yeah. And they were flirting with uh, Gary Sanchez like mm-hmm. a week and a half ago. So, like, I don't think they're necessarily out on that. Um, both, uh, well, I guess Stasi has one option left, but uh, it, it's between Thice and Ohapi. Thice uh, is out was- of. Thice is out of options. Exactly. So, like, and it was in it was in uh, mining the news from January twenty-third that Ohapi might start the season in the minors. I think that's I think that's mm-hmm. jarring to the folks that are like really in on him. You might be careful there because he might not break camp. And if Thice comes in and, and does something, I think it might just be a straight up camp battle between those two. Yeah, I agree. And um I actually may even lower his projection a little bit more, but at the moment I have him as my number 26 catcher, which means I'm probably not getting him already. And if I lower it, uh, he's going to drop outside of the top 30. I just have no real interest in him. Rookie catchers, generally speaking. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not a fan in general already. Exactly. What the hell's your problem with Jonah Heim? Um, did you see his second half? You're overrating the second half. Well, yeah, I, already, I already knew. I, already like, knew. I mean... And I, I'm not like I'm not saying like that's who he's gonna be. Well, it was like a sub 200 Babbitt or some crap. Okay, but I mean, you painfully can't, unlucky. He was, but he was painfully lucky in the first half. Like you can't say he was painfully unlucky in the second half and not point out the fact that his uh, his first half Babbitt um, really did a lot of the lifting. It's 284. That's not that crazy. I mean, what's his career Babbitt? I have no idea. Uh, give me a second, and I will find it. Uh, his his career BABIP is two thirty three, okay. so two eighty is kind of well. If you above if you believe, his career, okay, um, car- you say career. I mean, he had a okay. 10 uh, I'll just what, we're just talking games. Just last year, his his last year's BABIP was two forty nine. So two eighty is crazy for him. I did, you know, I do think it comes back down to 
or as I think it is just generally what we saw last year, which is fine. I think what we saw last year is fine. Um, he's a guy who doesn't hit for a great average. Um, will hit 15, you know, ish home runs, uh, you know, 50 ish runs RBIs with all of this How stuff. Is that- is- 32nd amongst your catchers then um i have him for uh let's see i have him 15 home runs oh i see what the issue is i'm for 16 uh, i have i have a mistake okay all right i'm gonna have to fix that give me give me a second and i'll okay. fix that. i will talk about jonah heim properly while you fix your mistakes i knew there had to be a mistake because that's crazy so look jonah heim strong start Rough finish. Very, very rough finish there. I'm not going to deny that with regards to what happened to him. I'm trying to find an article that uh, I wrote back in November. Okay, so he's pacing toward a hell of a season before the bottom absolutely fell out in the final two months. Sure, some of it was regression, but he hit 157, 244, 286 from August on with a comically low 167 Babbitt. I'm reading directly from my article there. Even as a fly ball pole hitter, a rough combo for Babbitt, that's that's nuts. And it feels like small sample bad luck as both his strikeout and walk rates were incrementally better in the ugly stretch. The fall-off paired with a catching boom has pushed Heim down to the 18th catcher off the board, a price I'm more than willing to pay as I think he's a top 15 catcher with top 10 upside. And I'll give you my projection here for Heim. I got 407 plate appearances with 16 homers, 47 runs, 50 ribbies, and a 242 batting average. Nothing too crazy. He's my He's actually my 16th guy. Um, so I said top 15, although I actually have, well, he's basically tied at 15. They're, they're pennies apart. He and Christian Vasquez, if you want the batting average of Christian Vasquez or a little bit more power from Jonah Heim. So I'm in on Jonah Heim. I do think there's breakout potential here and I'm a big fan. What was your error and have you fixed the egregious? Uh, I have fixed. I only had him for 17 runs. Oh, for- <laughs> clearly a huge mistake. Even if you don't like um, him, that's a little bit. A little bit yeah, uh, that moved him up to the 16th catcher. So okay, there we go. So we're in last um, step. Yeah. So uh, I apologize um, to, to Mr. Hyde. Um, and now I got to do a mea culpa on the site because I posted my ranks there and like defended. Like I was like, did you see the second half? But yeah, I get like, off me with the second half. And they're like, yeah, my, my numbers were clearly, I'm, you know, I, I meant to put in 47 runs scored and put in 17 runs there scored. That's a huge difference. That's quite a difference there for Jonah Heim. All right, let's uh, let's continue forward here. We're almost done. Anything left in the tank for Grandal? I don't know. I don't. Are you drafting him? Because I have drafted. His price is is so good, Um, and supposedly he's entering the season healthy uh, for the first time in a couple years. And um, I'm ready to be hurt again, just because the price is so good. Like it's just so so good. and you, we know he's going to play a lot. Like, I, I'm totally fine with drafting Grandal. I'm also totally fine and completely missing out on him. Yeah, I am too. But he's the 20th catcher off the board. I'll take my shot uh, on Grandal, at least in a league or two. The, ups, the upside is so good. There's still some yeah, pretty big yeah. upside. Do you prefer the power of Eric Haas or the average of Christian Vasquez? I think that's kind of the decision that you're making between those two at that pick range. Uh, neither. I mean, I guess Vasquez. I guess I prefer the prefer the higher floor, but yeah, based neither. On what you said are, yeah, neither are very good. I mean, I'd rather, I guess, have the guy who doesn't actively hurt me in a category than um, helps me really in any category. But like, I don't want either of these guys. In fairness to Hasi at two fifty four last year, I was pretty cold on him. I really didn't think that he would find much playing time. Um, particularly in the outfield. Uh, he played 84 games at catcher. He ended up catching more than I thought, too, but then 13 at DH, 11 in the outfield, and put up a decent season. So con- congrats to those who stuck with him. I was pretty out. Um, I, mean, I thought Haas higher in my ranks. He's 29. Oh, well. So I, 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 guess guess I, I, I guess I prefer – I can't even find Vasquez. I think Vasquez is going to be fine. I put him for 268, 10 homers. Like, he's a good catcher, so he's going to play, too. And I think he's like a, you know, he's an okay hit. He's boring. He's absolutely boring. Um, you know, remember a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, oh just, ne- never, never mind. I have asked, I have asked as um, uh, 17th in my, in my ranks. Okay. And Haas, I've got uh, 32. Maybe 10 homers is a little too high. He's been mostly a single digit guy, but whatever. I mean, it's, it's not crazy. Uh, yeah, I've got him for eight home runs, but I also have him for, 
I just Why bounced him to so eight, hot? but I gave him a good. Yeah, the it's difference, a the difference between, I think he's the start of like the crap tier, and the crap tier like goes the rest of the way. Yeah. Like, what, what's your batting yeah. average on on two fifty five? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little light. He's a career two sixty one. I gave him a two sixty eight. Minnesota that hurts. Stabilizes him. M- Minnesota is not going to be good for his batting average. Like that's not a good park to hit in for for average. You just, huh? So I don't think so. I was like, okay, I don't know. I, th- I think I think he can hit there again. I'm not going to go to the mats for uh, Christian Vasquez. He's he's going like from a Boston team and a Houston team to he didn't do well in Houston. Unfortunately, though. I know he but, really uh, sputtered there. So, but yeah, I I mean, to be honest, like um, actually with Hall High yeah, moving up, he'll be my 18th catcher. Um, you're right, so. 27th and over uh, 26th and overall park factor the last three years for righties. Um, yeah. Their hit, their hit park factor is twenty fourth with a ninety six mark. So that, that's fair. Yep. Maybe I, maybe I shade a few hits off there, get them closer to low two sixty. I'm still going to go two sixty something though. So um, yeah, I'm being conservative for sure. But he's yeah, like I said, he's in the the drunk drawer at catcher. That's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I'll put him right at two sixty. That'll lower him a little bit. But I still think uh, I still think with the dollars that he had, yeah, he flops spots with Grandal. And now Vasquez becomes my 17, which I think was mm-hmm. where you said you had him uh, or 18 when high moves up. Does Mike Zanino being in Cleveland stifle the Bo Naylor breakthrough that some people yes. are excited for? Um, kind of a bummer, right? If you if you liked Bo Naylor. Yeah. Uh, and for those who are like excited by, about Bo Naylor, um, I would like to use, um, oh God, who uh, Reese McGuire and uh, who are the other guys they've had a catcher that just sucked? Um, oh, no, no. Austin Hedges. Austin Hedges um, as like the example of like, they don't care about anything but defense behind the plate. That's that, and that's um, why they got Zanino. Not to say that I think Neil is going to be bad defensively or anything like that, but Roberto Zanino's Perez really, is the other guy. Yes, thank you. Rupert, yeah, Roberto Perez was the other guy. Um, you know, like they, they will literally run out like a 180 batting average, which is what to probably get from Zunino. Uh, um, so yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but unless, uh, there's an injury to like, um, Josh Naylor, which is always in the cards. Um, you know, I think Naylor, you know, has a, a limited role in that, uh, in that lineup. Uh, but like, yeah, if, if Naylor were to get hurt, maybe he could DH some, uh, if, if his brother, you're saying if Josh were to get hurt, Bo. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, I, brother, didn't yeah. th- I didn't even think that. Yes. If, if Josh Naylor got hurt, then Bo Naylor could play more. Could take some of some of mm-hmm. that time, and that is true. I, I I think we could see some of that. But yeah, if you really liked Bo Naylor, sorry again. DCs where you need like three, four catchers at least. Anyway, you can still take him just in case. But Zanino really does cramp that style because he's the next in the Hedges Perez line of defense first, defense only type catchers that they're interested in. And we'll end with your guy in San Francisco. Any upside still for Joey Bart in in his second year? Second year as the starter by the way it's more than two years um playing you know he played a bit in 20 he actually missed most of of 21 um and then past year was essentially kind of his rookie year 97 games he, he was the guy 20 11 homers 215 average though anything for joey bart um yes i mean i can see a world in which joey bart figures things out um and is you know, a top 10, top 15 catcher. Really? Okay. Um, I mean, however, not, I say really, I said, I'm not like, fully against you on that. I'm just saying that's nice. That'd be pretty robust. I also think the chance of that happening is around like 3%. Okay. Um, so uh, like, here's the thing, like he murders fastballs. Like you throw him a fastball, he's going to murder you. Clock that. Um, he cannot hit uh, off speed or breaking stuff. Um, and that's, that's a, a massive problem. Um, like I don't think the park is the biggest issue for for Joey Bart. I think it's secondary pitches, mm-hmm. um, which is which is not like a good sign. Um, so like I see massive upside. They like, could see a guy who, hey, I think he get for average. I think he get for hit power. Um, I think he's a good enough catcher, and the Giants are bad enough where he get plenty of DH time if he could show like real improvements against off speed and breaking pitches. But until he does that. I, I'm probably not going to draft him. Um, so, I mean, that's not true. Like, I will take him as a C3, um, but I think you usually have to draft him as a C2. So, ultimately, I'm probably not going to end up with a lot of Joey Bart this year. Maybe the occasional share here or there, something like that. But yeah, I think such that's, deficiencies. 
I, I think that's fair. And again, DCs, which is what we're doing right now, you need multiple catchers. If he's your third or your fourth, yeah, I think there's some potential there, but don't go too crazy. And only, yeah. Um, any shouts for anybody else here as we wrap up? Um, I like Nick Fortes, I, but I figured that was coming. Serious questions about his playing time. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got um, the uh, the Cleveland issue, right, where they have Jacob Stallings, who's a great defender, but that's yeah. it. And that kind of keeps Nick Fortes stifled. Same with uh, Luis Capizano. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the exact same issue with Austin Nola yep. um, in town. But I think this is finally the year he gets like, you know, 300 plus plate appearances um, at the major league level. So I got that, close to that. Yeah. Yeah. That should be uh, somewhat interesting. Um, Andy Rodriguez. I have a really hard time with him because his project, I have his projection is really nice, mm-hmm. but. I don't know what the plate appearances look like. Yeah, because, I was going to bring him up too, but they got hedges now. Yeah, yeah. So now they that, can do the thing where they and and I think favor. they will because Pittsburgh. What Pittsburgh has done over the years is they and we saw this even last year um, with like Ronzi Contreras. They care way more about service time than they do about like any potential reward for a guy like being good. Um, you know, early on in his career. So like, I don't. <laughs> I don't know that we even see Rodriguez, uh, ND Rodriguez, until midseason at the earliest. It it could be because, like, and they had Roberto Perez, too. So, like, they Mm -hmm. like catcher defense, kind of going back to what we're talking about. So now they have hedges. They're just following Cleveland's path. If they get Zunino in two years, that will be hilarious. But, um, you know, they got hedges there. They got Tyler Heineman as a non-roster invite. I don't think that they want ND Rodriguez to come up and just be the backup, though. So it's like, I know Tyler Heineman is not, you know, jumping off the page at anybody, but there was only also six games for Andy Rodriguez at triple a last year. There's in 31 at double a, and he was brilliant by the way, at, at both stops. Uh, I know the one is a one we, week stop. We didn't talk about Danny Jansen. You didn't have, Oh yeah, we did team. skip Dan Jan. My fault. Um, and I love Dan Jan. So I really, I really sold him short there. My bad Dan Jan. Um, just, you know, like, and we don't have to go in like super big depth. I like, I know like Jason's a huge fan of, of Jansen and I am too from a street skills perspective well brandon belt being in town really hurts his ability to like rack up plate appearances which is my biggest concern um right now he's so good defensively although apparently somebody has to lose plate appearances there's a better outlook on kirk well you know who's going to lose plate appearances right brandon bell He'll I don't, be on the eye. They gave him a lot. Of, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm saying because he gets yeah. hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm good um, and gaffing. I just think, yeah, I mean, I had a really hard time getting him, Danny Jansen, to forge a plate appearances, and I didn't. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good in the plate appearances he gets, but I really struggle getting him to 400. Um, I wanted him to get traded, man. I really wanted him to get traded to Houston. I was, I was like, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so he's going to be. He'll be uh, on a different team next year where he should potentially could play more. His second half was amazing, um, mm-hmm. and I buy into a lot of it. Uh, the problem is, I, you know, he he kind of sits behind guys with lesser skills like William Contreras and Cal Raleigh because I, uh, I just can't get him to four hundred plate appearances. But it's a really really good three seventy four is what I got. Dang, yeah. I like Dan Jan. I might have to reassess a bit because I do have him with a decently high plate appearance uh, projection, and it's probably too high because of what you're saying. Dang, God, I like Dan Jan, and I was drafting him a bunch again, kind of wish casting that that trade. I'm like, oh, trade him to Cleveland or Houston. Well, yeah, Cleveland would never trade for him because he's a free agent in a year, but Houston, I thought maybe could get a discount on him, maybe because he only has the one year. But they traded they traded uh, Moreno. It's kind of cleared up what they want, you know, because they don't want to only have one catcher, right? They're not going to then trade Kirk and then Danny Jansen has to be the guy. They're fine with what they've got right now. And J- and Varsho has like a nice third emergency type guy. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be tough. If Bell can stay healthy, it's going to create a lot of complications. He has not shown that he can do that a lot in his career. We also maybe we could look at what kind of lefty situations are going to be in the AL East. I know they're not going to play as many games there. But if there's a lot of lefties, that will create an opportunity for Kirk and Jansen to play at the same time. But probably not enough to uh, completely flip J- yeah. the concerns on Jansen's playing time. Let's see. Uh, the Yankees have two lefties in Cortez. Sox. And, um, and then Baltimore. Red Sox have Sale and Paxton, but both those guys get hurt a lot. Baltimore just has one lefty. McClanahan yeah. and Springs. Yeah. Um, Tampa's got two, so it's not great necessarily, but uh, 
you know, it is a more balanced schedule. So we're going to yeah. see. Um, and, and like I said, like Brandon Bell, like doesn't stay healthy. Um, that could uh, clear yeah. all this up. Yeah. Second, so. Right. But, but it kind of goes He's back also to aging full time. So yeah. And it um, also goes back to what I said though, about like, do you want your backup catcher? DHing all the time because I I guess with Jan, with Farsho that would help alleviate some of that concern because then if if something did happen you've got you've got a catcher right there in left field that you could bring in um, even though he's a bad catcher so we'll see be careful with Dan Jan I love him but Danny Jansen does have some playing time concerns that Justin uh, I, I, I still have him as my thirteenth catcher like he, I don't have I'm like I'm not low on him. I just don't see the massive breakout other people have been projecting because I just don't know where the plate appearances come from. And, and that's that's totally fair. I'm lowering his plate appearances down, and it's going to move him to – what did you say you have him? I have him 13th. Yep, we're tied now. Yeah. I have Adam 11th, shaving off plate appearances, moves him to 13th. All right, that's the catchers. It's a pretty fun position now. There's a lot of talent there. Be careful with those rookies, though. Rookie catchers, they don't have a great track record. You know the old adage of, like, they come up, defense first focus on defense we don't care about your hitting then you can hit later um it, there, there's exceptions i think adley is an exception he's a generational type guy but some of these other guys i don't i don't think so like oh hoppy for uh as an example specifically and yeah uh, i um i i coined uh i i changed uh your old uh podcast name tin step to tin stack <laughs> Um, there's no such no thing such as thing a catching, catching prospect. Catching prospect so. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like exactly. you, you had a hiccup mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Justin, I got to get going. Hope you have a great weekend. You talking with Jason on Sunday? I am. Who are you talking with? Uh, this week is actually DFS Moonshot. So, Excellent. Um, he's going into some season-long content as well. So uh, we're going uh, to have a good podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. Sounds wonderful. Until then, I'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. Take it easy.